Adding free agents can be one of the most important strategies that lead to success in your fantasy leagues. And optimally setting your waivers is a huge part of that strategy. My name is Evan Ronda, and I'm the host of the Big Game Theory Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at BGTEvan and on Instagram at Big Game Theory. Shoot me a message. I promise I will get back to you. Before I get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about my new podcast feed that is solely dedicated to the Big Game Theory podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts under the name The Big Game Theory Podcast, and all my episodes will be there. Once this NFL season comes to a close, I will be exclusively uploading my episodes on that feed. So if you want to catch future episodes of The Big Game Theory Podcast, make sure you go subscribe to that feed. I would love to keep you around and keep sharing information with you. That being said, let's get into today's episode. After an NFL game happens, all the players from the teams involved in that game are immediately put on waivers. While players are on waivers, managers are able to put in claims on those players. When the waiver period ends, usually Tuesday night, Those claims are then processed in order of waiver priority. In some leagues, waiver priority is determined by league standings. The teams with the worst record get the highest waiver priority. In other leagues, a rolling waiver system is used, in which waiver priority stays with each team regardless of their current record. And in other leagues, a FAB system is used in which all managers are given a salary to spend on their waiver claims that they can use throughout the course of the season. I will not be discussing FAB today, but if you're looking for a resource to help you know how to use it optimally, hit me up and I'll answer your questions. On today's episode, I am going to cover setting your waivers optimally and adding free agents in a way that gives you an advantage over your league mates. The first and most important part of setting your waivers is knowing which players you need to add to your team. The learning process will usually require you to do some research about the week of football that just occurred. Which players got injured? Which players found themselves in new roles? Which players are more valuable this week than they were last week? These are all things that you need to ask yourself, and research is the only way to get those answers. Once you learn which players are the hot ads of the week, you then need to ask yourself which ones you need to add and in what order do you need to add them. Once you have a list of all the players you need to add, you then need to decide which players you need to drop. Now, in previous episodes, I have discussed range of outcomes as well as other methods of assessing team needs. If you need a refresher on optimal roster management, go back and listen to some of my previous episodes. But for those of you that do remember, successful managers are constantly evaluating the players on their roster and assessing their range of outcomes. They should have an idea of who the best players on their team are and who the worst players on their team are. You should know who is at the bottom of your roster. When setting waiver claims, the players on the bottom of your roster are likely the ones that you'll be looking to drop. The number of players you drop is totally dependent upon the quality of the ads on the waiver wire that week. There might only be one player that you believe is worth an ad. If that's the case, 
then there is only one player on your roster that you should drop. If there are four players that you're interested in adding, then you'll need to figure out who the bottom four players on your roster are. That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be dropping all four of them, but you need to decide how many players you have on your roster that you believe to be worse assets than the players you'd be adding off the waiver wire. Once you've figured all that out, then you get to the fun stuff. When setting your waiver claims, there's actually an optimal way to set the claims so that you get all the players you need and lose the least amount of players possible. In order to explain this process, I'll arbitrarily be naming the players on the waiver wire A, B, and C in order value. I will also be naming the players you're dropping from your roster 1, 2, and 3 in order of value. So the players you're dropping are numbers, and the players you're adding are letters. So the first claim that you'll make is add player A, drop player 1. So you're adding the best player off of waivers, and you're dropping the worst player from your team. Your second claim will be add player B and drop player 1. So you're adding the second best player available on waivers, and you're still set to drop the worst player on your team. The reason you do this is just in case you don't get to add player A, then you still get player B and drop the worst player for them. Your third claim is add player B, drop player 2. Now this waiver claim will trigger if you do indeed get player A, then you can no longer drop player 1, so you'll have to drop player 2 instead. Your fourth claim should be add player C, drop player 1. This will happen if you can't get A or B. So the only player available for you to add is player C, and you still want to drop the worst player on your team. Your fifth claim is add player C, drop player 2, and that will only trigger if you get one of A or B, but not both of them, and so you still want to drop your second worst player. And finally, your sixth claim will be add player C, drop player 3. And that will only trigger if you get player A and player B, and you still want to claim player C and drop your third player. I know it can be somewhat difficult to follow simply by listening, so I'll try and tweet out an example of my waiver claims this week so you can get a visual aid. But basically, it's a pyramid system in which you are constantly shuffling your waiver priorities so that the first player dropped is always your worst player regardless of which claim number it is. The reason why this system is important is because that way you will only add as many players as your league mates leave up for you to claim, and you'll only drop as many players as you need in order to claim them. And you'll only drop the worst players on your roster instead of whichever players you had paired up with the players you were planning on dropping. You don't know which players your league mates are claiming. So you need to have a contingency plan in the event that any or all of your ads get added by someone else. That's why this system is so crucial for optimal waiver adding. Once your waiver claims have been processed, it is equally important to check to see which players have been dropped by your league mates. There is always a chance that a player who was dropped is better than the worst player on your current roster. So in the event that that happens, you should make it your goal to add that player to your team. If you can work out a trade to clear up a roster space so you don't even need to drop someone for that player, even better. That's a winning strategy. If no worthwhile players are dropped by your league mates, 
then keeping an eye on free agency is the next step in the roster management system. I briefly mentioned this in the last episode of the Big Game Theory podcast, but adding and dropping players within the week can be a great way to manufacture wins. If your league allows you to drop players after they've played, then dropping players whose value has dropped after their game for players who have yet to play and have good upside could be a great way to boost value on your roster. However, it isn't the only way. If you stay up to date on injury news, you could be the first one to add a free agent backup that's looking to see increased opportunities if the player they sit behind is announced as an injury risk. Because there are no waivers for free agents, it can be a first-come, first-served system where the first manager to add the player gets them immediately. That's why it's so important that you're active in your leagues and add players quickly. Understanding the quality of players available on your waivers is crucial for so many reasons, many of which I've already mentioned on the show. If the quality of players available on waivers is high enough that the worst players on your roster are barely better than the players available on waivers, then value consolidation is an especially good strategy because it allows you to open up a roster spot to add a player for free. A two-for-one trade in which you give two players to get one is really a two-for-two trade because you get to pick the second player you receive off of waivers for free. This is especially true in leagues with fewer teams or leagues with smaller rosters. I call these shallow leagues. In shallow leagues, waivers are rich with talent and ripe for the picking. In deeper leagues or leagues with more teams or larger rosters, Waivers might not be as rich with talent, but will still be a crucial part of building a league-winning team. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for you, the manager, to be active in the process of improving your team. If you think you can draft a team and be successful with the same roster throughout the entire season, you're either in a league with a bunch of idiots or are sorely mistaken. There are so many great resources available to you that can help you figure out which players are worth adding to your team, regardless of how deep or shallow your league is. If you're in an offense-only league, an IDP league, a Superflex league, or any other format. But you need to take action and acquire those players, because if you don't, your league mates will. And then they will be the team improving, not you. I hope this episode was insightful for you. If you have any questions about it or anything else, shoot me a DM on Twitter at BGTEvan or on Instagram at BigGameTheory. For those of those listeners that have messaged me and heard back, they can testify to the fact that I do not give a short answer. So if you're looking for some really in-depth insight into your question, trust me. I will take time and make sure I answer your question to my fullest ability. And hey, if I like it enough, maybe I'll even do a show about it. Make sure you subscribe to the Big Game Theory Podcast solo feed so that you can keep up with me after the season is over. I don't want to lose you guys. I want to keep you around. And I know for sure you guys want to keep me around. So don't forget to subscribe to that feed. But until next time, I'll see you in the next episode. 
Peace out.